Well, it's Easter. And I'm just going to, I'm going I'm to say this, and I, I think you'll understand what I mean in a minute. There's an elephant in the room. There is an elephant in the room. Look around right now. The elephant is in the room. You say, wait a minute, there's no elephant in here. Well, you know what I'm referring to. Anytime you use that phrase, it really, it's talking about an obvious problem or something we really don't want to discuss, but it's right there. We know it's present. What, am I, what might I be referring to? Well, I'm referring to our current condition. You, you see COVID-19, this pandemic, the coronavirus, this is an elephant in the room. Now, it may not be so much that we don't want to talk about it, but it is just always there. It has literally disrupted everything. Last year at this time, we were talking about the super bloom. And it was just amazing what was happening around our communities. It was gorgeous. This year, what are we doing? We're talking about masks of people of people going every time they go outside, they're wearing a mask on their face. We're, uh, there's no high school graduations gonna be g- going to occur. You know, we're, we're talking about takeout Tuesdays. So many different things have been just flipped on their head. And, and then who can ever forget about the toilet paper wars of 2020? Are you kidding me? It's just extraordinary when you think of the things that we are dealing with today that we weren't a year ago, or even six weeks ago, that's the elephant in the room. And, and maybe it's not so much just, just that as the elephant, but rather maybe the elephant is our reactions, our reactions to this. And then questions like, when is this all gonna end? And what's next? And with that said, I would just, I would add to this. I cannot be more excited that Easter is today, right in the middle of this. Because Easter speaks to exactly where we are today. I'm grateful for that. In the Gospels, in the Bible, you have four accounts of the resurrection of Jesus. Each of the Gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, have a different take on the resurrection. And they come from different perspectives, they give you a unique perspectives, and they come from different vantage points. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to take one of those vantage points. We're going to use Mark's account of the resurrection to to frame some remarks and comments around what we're presently dealing with, but I believe also some some incredible help for right where we find ourselves today. So we're going to look together at Mark chapter 16, verses 1 to 8. Now, if you're on version this morning, you can follow along with the notes. They're there. But also, maybe you don't have version up or you've got your Bible out, great. Mark 16, verse number one. Look at it with me. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, the mother of, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. 
There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. As I read this account of the resurrection of Jesus and the events surrounding it, I'm struck with a number of things that are incredibly relevant to right where we are, Easter 2020. You see, hear this phrase, Easter, Easter is more than history. Or let me, let me say it another way, Easter is more than his story. It gives hope in our story. Easter is more than history or his story. It gives hope in our story. And over these next few moments, I believe we'll see that together. So a few things that I want to share with you. First one is this. Life has been severely disrupted. In Mark chapter 15, verse 47, what we see or what we observe are Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph going to the tomb. Look at this. Here's what we read. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. Now, why is that significant? Because over literally three times in the Gospel of Mark, in Mark's account of the life of Jesus, Jesus mentions that he would suffer, he would die, and he would be raised again. And so evidently they had not, they, they just hadn't heard it. They hadn't understood it. I mean, you see that somewhat apparent in, in their interactions through this story. But here they are. Now they're at the tomb on, an, on, on Sunday morning and Everything is just disrupted. What has gone on? They, we, we've seen him die. We've seen the tomb where he is. And now we're, we're going through the, the routines that are here. And everything is flipped on its head. Well, let's, let's be absolutely honest. No one will deny that in March and April of 2020, everything in our lives has been, have been disrupted. Everything is flipped on its head. There is, I would say, there is no normal, let alone a new normal. Because it, the, the truth is, it changes literally from moment to moment. How does your life feel right now? How, how does your life feel right now? Does it feel normal? Does it feel typical? I don't think so. Honestly, though, we shouldn't be all that surprised when our lives are disrupted. Whether there's a pandemic or not, disruptions to life happen. They happen at all times. It's not just because the present circumstances are what they are, that lives are, our lives are disrupted. That happens all the time. Whether it's a financial downturn or there's illness in our family or there's relational challenges or job losses. Well, these are very similar to what we're experiencing now. They're not limited to only when these kinds of serious matters happen. Disruptions are a part of our life and there are implications to them. Let me say it this way. Why does the resurrection, why is the resurrection, why is Easter so important at a time like this? Because the resurrection of Jesus, look at this, the resurrection of Jesus is the cornerstone to a worldview that provides the perspective to all of life. Man, I hope you get that. The resurrection of Jesus is a cornerstone. This is what it lays upon. You see, life is going to make maybe more sense, if you could say it that way, 
but it certainly is going to have an element of peace and security because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we need that now more than ever. First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 6, the Apostle Peter would write, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. And look at this. In this you greatly rejoice, though, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Disruptions come. It's going to happen. But the resurrection gives us perspective in all of life and gives us hope because Jesus is alive. The second observation this morning is that routines and responsibilities continue. Now, when you look at our text, you see the women are on their way to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus. Now, that was a responsibility they had. They may not have had to do it, but it was a duty. It, there was obligation. They felt this act of devotion was right. Responsibilities and routines continue even when life's been flipped on its head. And you may be in that very place today. Of your, you're having all kinds of your routines. They're new routines. They've been modified. There's a variety of things that have changed in your circumstances. For example, some of you at this very moment may be working from home and having to homeschool your kids. I can't even imagine. That's a new responsibility. That's a modified normal, as it were. And honestly, I'm not so sure in some of the normals, whatever that looks like, my life at this moment, that I, the responsibilities, the routines of my life, I particularly care for them, but they are what they are. So how does, how does Easter, in this context, in the midst of routines and responsibilities and these things continuing, life goes on, how, does he, how is Easter relevant? Well, because, because Jesus is alive, he brings life. Look at this. He brings life to, and this is the word, all areas of our mortal life. Not just some, but all areas of our mortal life. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as, as, just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living with in you. Man, that is good, good news in the midst of the routines and the responsibilities as it continue, as these new normals are on us and as life has been disrupted. The third observation today is there are so many unanswered questions. So many unanswered questions. Now, if you're a parent today, I know you would appreciate, as I do, the inquisitive nature of our children. Now, there comes a point when those questions continual questions may get a little, uh, you know, we just, they just wear us out. M maybe it could be characterized like this. You're on a trip going somewhere and you hear a voice in the back seat. Are we there yet? Now, if that seven-year-old said it once, that'd be okay. But it's, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there? On about the 45th time, we are exhausted. Now, there are a lot of unanswered questions that are right upon us at this moment. Now, in our text, there may not be a lot of unanswered questions, or many, but there's one. There's one. 
and it is really fascinating what it is. Now, in, in this world that's been disrupted, they're on their way doing their duty in this act of devotion. They got, they got out ahead, and now they ask this question, who's going to roll the stone away? How, wait a minute, we can't do it. You see, this act of devotion is wonderful, and it, it's beautiful, but they just simply were not physically capable of moving that stone. Now, whether it's you or your children, your neighbors, friends, wh wherever, whomever might be asking questions at this point, whatever those questions are, when's this going to end? I don't understand all of this. How can this happen? How can we be in this place? Honestly, I don't have all those answers. And you don't, probably don't either. I, I understand that. And even if I tried to answer my answer is probably inadequate. It just isn't enough. But, but, what, but what about the answers that Jesus brings? I would, say, I would say that a living Savior, his answers, Jesus' answers are more than adequate. They're complete. They're complete. I read a quote a couple of weeks ago from the author of The Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien. And uh, this, this phrase just grabbed me. I want you to look at it with me. Tolkien said, the resurrection of Jesus means that one day, everything, everything sad will come untrue. Do you catch that? You catch how good that is? Now, there's a lot of sad right now. And I am, I am looking forward to the day when the sad becomes untrue. But here's, here's the beauty of the resurrection. The resurrection, again, is not just history. Easter is not just history. It's right now. It interfaces with our story at this very moment in history. And all of the sad, all of the hurt, all of the sorrow, all of the questioning, I want you to know something. One day... And I believe that day is a present reality. Again, it's not just history. It is present in our day right at this moment. The resurrection. Jesus is alive today. And he, just as this says, he is going to make everything sad untrue. Let it be so. Let it be so. And scripture speaks to this. One of the most powerful Sometimes difficult scriptures, but nonetheless true, is Romans 8, verse 28. Look at it with me. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good. For those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. I want you to know something. God has a purpose and a plan and he is working his plan out. It is good. It might be difficult at this moment. There may be unanswered questions. I get it, but God is working. God is at work. First Hebrews chapter seven and verse number 24 
It says, because Jesus lives forever. Hear that. Because Jesus lives forever, he is able to always save those who come to God through him because he always lives, asking God to help them. I'm going to say it right now. You're in the middle of some very difficult times. Things are disrupted. The routines are crazy. You have unanswered questions. I want you to go to God. Ask him for his help. Jesus is there ever interceding, asking God to help you. And the reason he could do it is because he's alive. So I would just, I would just summarize this section by saying Jesus is the ultimate answer to every question. Wow. Also, an observation is that the unexpected happens. The unexpected happens. You know, have you been watching a movie or reading a book at any point, and that, that story takes a turn, maybe more, maybe more so in a movie because it's more of a public kind of thing, but in the middle of that turn, you kind of say, whoa, I didn't see that coming. That's the unexpected. I, I might suggest that when the women came to the tomb, they had some unexpected things that occurred. One of them was the angel. Now, I got to tell you, I've never seen an angel, except, of course, the one I'm married to. Marcy is my angel, so that, that's absolutely true. But I've never seen an angel. So when they come across this angel, the text tells us that they were alarmed. And other translations use the word confused, bewildered, astonished, head swimming, and staggered. Yeah, I'll bet they were, I'll bet they were surprised. I'll bet they were blown away, alarmed, and bewildered. I get it. That's unexpected. They didn't expect to see that. The second thing is that Jesus is alive. He's alive. Now, it's, it is really strange, and we shouldn't be too critical because we probably would have been in the same place. I, I mentioned a bit ago that Jesus on three different occasions said he would suffer, he would die, and he would be raised to life. They just didn't get it. And so now when the angel says he's alive, he's risen, they go, what? That's unexpected. It shouldn't have been, but nonetheless it was. And here's a phrase I picked up some years ago from Andy Stanley, and I love the phrase, nobody expected nobody. That's just the truth. So they were, they were in a place of, th th these things are unexpected that were happening around them. Marcy and I have remarked over these past few weeks, something along this line. Could you, can you believe that we're experiencing what we're experiencing? I never in my wildest imaginations would have thought we would be experiencing this. You probably said something similar. There are unexpected things that are coming on us literally on a daily basis. And really what ends up happening is there's sorrow, there's uncertainty, there's anxiety, there's fear. All kinds of emotions hit us. We like things predictable. We like things that, are, that we can expect. We know this is, we, we kind of like it that way. The unexpected sometimes can be really fun. and surprising. Like in a movie, that's cool. Man, when it's our life, when it's our family, when it's our health, this an unexpected hits, that's hard. That's difficult. You see, there's worry. There are the what ifs. That's what the unexpected does. Let me read you a story from Matthew's gospel. 
Matthew 8, verse 23. Look at it with me. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Look at this next word. Suddenly. Right where you are, what I want you to do, I want you to say that word out loud with me. Come on, right now. Suddenly. One more time. Suddenly. A fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. Now look at this. But Jesus was sleeping. I love that. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves. And again, suddenly, there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. I'm telling you, nobody saw that coming. These are experienced fishermen, many of them. But they didn't see it coming, and they were alarmed, and they were, they were terrified. They thought they were going to drown. They, they thought Jesus was inattentive because he's in the back of the boat asleep. He didn't think he cares. He, he's nowhere to be found. He's, and maybe that's exactly how you feel this morning. But I want you to know something. Jesus is alive. Jesus has not forgotten you. Jesus knows right where you are. He is not alarmed by what is happening around us. Man, I am so grateful for that because he is alive. And I would just say it this way. When the storm hit them and the unexpected overwhelmed them, yet in the midst of the unexpected, Jesus remains with us and provides peace. Right in the middle of your unexpected right now, because Jesus lives, he's there to provide peace and calm and help. And he will not leave you or forsake you. The last observation this morning is what I would just say is responding to the resurrection. Maybe the most startling part of all of this passage of scripture, of this story of the resurrection, is the response of the women to the angel. He's told them that Jesus is alive and then he says, now go and and so you notice what happens. Let's read it again. Mark chapter 16, verse number 8. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. Now just stop there. Those are some significant words. Trembling, bewildered, fled. They ran away. They said nothing to anyone because they were, what's that word? Afraid. Afraid. Think about that. Their response to the resurrection is maybe exactly how we are interfacing with the world today. And, and really, what makes, what makes this significant is that most biblical scholars believe that the ending of Mark is right here in verse number eight. There's a longer ending, but that ending is believed by most that that was added at a later time by scribes feeling that the, the, the book of Mark, the story of Mark can't end this way. It can't end so abrupt. It can't end so ambiguous. But isn't that the way life is? Isn't that a commentary on life? Isn't that a commentary on today, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day? When, when, this, when these words are used, trembling and bewildered, 
the thought is more along the lines of a failure to understand. That's really what drives this. Now, maybe for you and me, it's not so much a failure to understand as it is a hesitancy to believe that a dead man could come back to life. But hear me. I want you to know that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. After the resurrection, something happened. Those who were witnesses to the resurrection went out and began to talk about that Jesus was alive. They were called all kinds of names. <laughs> they were called insane. They were sneered at. They were babblers, some called them. And there were others who said, we're not going to believe it. But each of those witnesses put their lives on the line. They didn't do what they did based upon something that wasn't true, but rather it was something that they had witnessed firsthand. And you see, the gospel of Mark, the way it ends, it goads us. It goads the reader into a reaction. What are we going to do with this story? Because we don't have it complete here. We don't know what happened. We know as we read on in the book of Acts, for example, we can learn more about what happened. But right here, we've got to come to grips with the fact, what is our response to the resurrection? Acts chapter 2 and verse number 32, this is now some of those witnesses speaking. God raised Jesus from the dead and we are witnesses of this. There it is. That was what they were saying. We have seen this. Look at what John says in John, 1 John chapter 1, Christ, the word of life, he was from the beginning. We have heard him and we have seen him with our own, own eyes. We have looked at him, and we have put our hands on him. You see, when John is writing this, he is saying, I, I walked with him. I talked with him. I saw him. I saw him die, and I saw him alive after resurrection day. And we have to be in a place where we respond to the resurrection as well. So I would ask again, what is your response to the resurrection today? Someone remarked, even today, a dead Christ is easier to come to terms with than a living Savior. The former offers a stability of a kind. The latter never ceases to surprise us. Stability rather than surprise is still the preferred option for many a person. And while this assessment might be accurate, I would argue when everything is disrupted, when life's routines change dramatically, when there are unanswered questions, and when we are hit with the unexpected, where or to whom do we turn? I suggest Jesus. He is alive. Hear me, if, and this gets really personal. If God can defeat death, he can defeat any problem you and I are facing. That's Easter. Today in the middle of all of the questions, the disruptions and the routines and the unexpected, I invite you to put your trust in Jesus, the living Savior, because Jesus is alive, because Jesus is alive, he brings life to all areas of your mortal 
life. And one more time, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. A few minutes ago, our children quoted a great scripture from John, the 11th chapter. And here's what I want you to hear from that verse. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. You follow that story a little longer and the Martha who he is speaking to, Jesus asks her this question. Do you believe it? And that is my question to you this morning. The middle of the disruptions, the unanswered questions, the routines of life, the unexpected, what's your response to the resurrection? And more clearly, what's your response to Jesus? I want to invite you to put your faith and your trust, believe in Jesus, and life begins now and forevermore. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. And in Jesus' name, speak life to those who are hearing me today, watching me. And I pray, Lord, that life would be birthed out of all of the, the disruptions, the unanswered questions, the unexpected, and the routines, that you would give us new life in Jesus. For these things, we give you thanks. In your name, amen. So this morning, as we bring our time to a close, would you pray with me today to receive Jesus? If, if you don't know him as Savior and Lord, would you pray this prayer after me? It's real simple. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I confess, I declare that you're my Savior, that you have saved me, and that you are my Lord. I give you control of my life. From this moment forward, I will live for you. In your name, Jesus, the risen Savior, amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, as simple as it is, welcome to the family of God. Welcome, welcome. You have chosen Christ, the best decision you've ever made. And if that is the case today, can I ask you to do me a favor? Would you text the same text number we used a little while ago? Would you text 951-331-5167 and just in the line, just say this, I choose Christ. We'll be praying with you. We want to journey this incredible life with you over these next number of weeks. We are here to serve you. We are here for you. May God bless you, give you a wonderful remainder of today, and remember, he is risen, he is risen indeed. Blessings to you.